0: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, week seven is concluded. Kicking it with the grid with uh, Trevor Blake and myself. And it, it was a great week, man. We had a lot of good games. Uh, there were some <laughs> really crazy finishes. Even, like you said, we've got football danger every day of the week. Uh, and this one, the first one that we're going to bring up, that uh, it really shocked, I think, most people, that Arizona, uh, or excuse me, Colorado, uh, and Stanford. I don't know why I wrote down Arizona in my notes for some reason. Uh, they, you know, why? It's because they're on my mind. I love Jed Fish. I respect that guy. He did coach at Michigan, so you know, whatever. I'm gonna. But it was Colorado and Stanford. What a game! What a comeback! I watched all the the highlights. I had a because it was it was halftime when I got home. And Colorado was down, or Colorado was winning. Excuse me, <laughs> 29 to nothing at halftime. And guess who came storming back? The friggin' trees, man. I, I I went to bed. I was like, okay, this one's over. Snooze fest. I wasn't feeling great. And then all of a sudden, I wake up the next morning and I see prime time on the on the news, and he's all upset. He's you know calling out his players. I'm like, what happened, man? It, I don't know. Did you guys see it? I, I think Blake, you went to bed. I, Trevor, you said you passed out, right?
1: Uh I didn't. I didn't see it, man. But. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is it a big is it a bigger comeback or is it a bigger uh, dismantling of uh, falling apart? I don't know which one's bigger, the comeback or the just utter
0: it was a inability to stop
1: like stop points from happening.
0: I mean that's impressive, man. It's on both sides. Twenty nine to nothing
2: and they fought tooth and nail second half. I didn't I went to bed because it was twenty eight nothing. Or twenty nine nothing. Yeah, whatever it was. When I woke up, I was just like, "What the hell happened?" I was so mad that I missed it because I'm so bad about sitting up till one o'clock watching these games and then getting heartbroken. And then the one I go to bed for, I miss out on the comeback.
0: You know, we had just had that conversation. What was it? USC the week before with Arizona. USC Arizona. And we stayed up till two thirty in the morning. And waiting at that two point conversion, and they blew it. So when I saw this, I was like, "Okay, it's over." There, Blake and I literally just talked about this, and then sure enough, the one that we go for, go to sleep for, you know, they freaking do it, pull off the upset. Uh, so good, good for Stanford. Everybody was counting them out because they're trash, and uh, they came back and knocked down Colorado. And you know, I say Colorado was going six and six. You know, after they beat TCU, they may not make a bowl game. I, they, they they needed the Stanford win. I, I don't think they're gonna get past Arizona. I don't. I mean, go look at the rest of their schedule. I don't see it happening. Um, but maybe I'm just being a, a pessimist. Whatever. Uh, I know Trevor's got some some feelings oh my, on it,
1: dude. Like seriously, we we talked about it. I know <laughs> you guys all said like their defense is trash, but I don't only I don't think that gives trash a bad name. Like seriously. the – <laughs> that's That's really bad. That is, you basically gave up forty-seven points in a in a half to one of the worst teams in in the Pac-12. It's terrible, <laughs> terrible. Yeah. All those people that are high in Colorado are silent today. One of the worst. Well, they're teams probably in getting high.
0: Football. Yeah, that's true too, Blake. <laughs>
2: They might have got high at halftime. That might be why they come out playing so flat in the second half. Between that and maybe he didn't get enough sales on Instagram, I don't know. I didn't see the post.
1: I know Shadur Sanders' people were trying to sell merch like during the game. Like I was like, "What in God's name's happening right now?" I know. It, hey, did y'all maybe see they get the valuation that Shadur Sanders is getting right now for the NIL? No, I it haven't. Is the, it is higher than any other quarterback in the NCAA. How is that possible? It's just
2: name who is who his dad is yep. and all the attentions on him. I mean, that's that's what it's all about: name, image, likeness. So he's gonna get it. Supply just to and demand, man.
1: I, I definitely he, get the name and image and likeness thing, but I will tell you what, him getting a four four point two five million dollar valuation, and that's two million more than 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 Archie Manning's grandson. Are you kidding me right now?
2: I've also seen rumors that they are intentionally not running the football so he can pad stats. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I've seen a lot of people on Twitter point that out, that that's why they don't do many rushing attempts. And also something about why he holds on to the ball so long, and tries to roll out and throw it away versus taking sacks just to keep a certain, uh, stat or no, he doesn't throw the ball away. He takes the sack just to keep the attempted pass to completion ratio down for the NFL or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's really what's going on or not, but that's what people on Twitter thinks going on.
1: Well, I I mean, there's some validity to what that, I mean, it could be that, I mean, they're very vain. Like, that that team is all about themselves, for sure. And it, it would not surprise me, but at the same time, I guess it kind of would because of all this stuff that uh, Coach Prime preaches about hard work, hard playing hard, playing through all four quarters type of thing. He preaches all that stuff. So I highly doubt. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. It's just <clears throat> bad. All around, it's bad.
0: Yeah. Hey, conspiracies are everywhere, baby. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I still, I still like Shador, uh, stats and style. They're wonderful. Uh, same with Travis Hunter. He came back and he had a, you know, yeah, he got mossed on, uh, at the end, but I mean, this dude's still crazy stats. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we'll see about Colorado, uh, moving forward, but that'd be a wild, <laughs> that'd be a wild uh, finding if it really is true, uh, to get away from them because, uh, they're they're failing school now they're done uh two amazing plays happen this week hail marys they they hardly ever work but we had two this week colorado state was down to to boise state they had like zero percent win chance uh you know espn does a tracker on on win probability and that last second they chucked this thing up and uh, tipped in and and they caught it right in the end zone for a touchdown to win the game against uh, Boise. It was beautiful. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you need to check it out. And uh, also the Houston versus West Virginia game. Absolutely wild game. It was back and forth, zero defense on that field. Uh, I was actually surprised Garrett green was able to pass the ball because this year he really hasn't been able to, uh, I mean, it's not been bad, but it hadn't been good. You know what I'm saying? Uh so that game was just back and forth. I, I don't want to toot my own horn. I did call it Houston was going to win because I thought West Virginia was suspect. People on Twitter were talking about ranking them. And, Blake, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, I know they were in our, our top 25. But in real life, you know, they, they should have been in there because they're trash. Not in my top 25. They were in your top 25. Okay. And, I again, my, my wife did. I'm going to blame Dana on this one. Uh, be, I'm just kidding. I told her to, I told her to do it while I was driving and you know what? Uh, I messed up. Okay. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the blame. And I just had to shout out my wife cause she did make a, a good graphic for us. And I do appreciate it. Uh, but either way, Houston got the dub on a beautiful Hail Mary. It was awesome. Uh, that, that game made me happy because there was like 10 seconds left West Virginia scored and I thought it was done. I thought they were cooked. But they got a penalty uh, for unsportsmanlike conduct. It pushed the kickoff back. They got the ball at, like, the 45 and sent that thing up and won the game. So go check those out if you haven't. Another game, real quick, we're going to hit on in this intro before we uh, get rolling on to some more Top 25 talk, Uh, the Pittsburgh game, man. Blake called it in in his gridlock. Pitt always is is good for one of those games, man. And the dark horse for Trevor, they – Boy, that horse is dead now, boy. I'll tell you what, it, it's gone. Uh, <laughs> Pitt went out and blasted them, man. Straight up knocked him down. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the ACC. I don't know what's going on in football this year. It feels very strange. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to roll on, get into the, this top 25 talk, and uh, do the usual movers and losers here that we we do. Uh, movers so far this for this week, we got Tulane moving on up mizzou backs in the uh, is back in the top 25 they should have never been out of it in my opinion air force getting some respect finally uh iowa they're hanging around man i <laughs> this team iowa they could go 11 and 1 this year i seriously go look at that schedule their offense is atrocious but their defense and special teams is what iowa does this is a team that could go to the dang Big Ten championship as an 11-1 team. If they somehow pulled off an upset in that game and they go to the college, the college football playoff as a 12-1 Big Ten champion, I mean, that might be the greatest coaching feat ever. And Brian Ferentz still wouldn't have his 25 points per game, so he wouldn't get his bonus. <laughs> Are you saying that you would put an
2: 11-1 Iowa Hawkeyes Big Ten champion in over... The Lord Florida State, undefeated ACC champs,
0: would you do it? Simply because of the the feat that it was to get there and defeating either it's going to be Penn State, Michigan, or Ohio State. Hell yeah, I'd put Iowa in. Let's see it, baby. I want to see that and just see what happens.
2: I like it. I would do it too.
1: (laughs) I just want to say – That if somehow Iowa makes it all the way there and doesn't somehow figures out a way to not get blasted by whomever they're playing against, I will be. I will literally buy. I'll, I'll tell you this much: I'll buy an Iowa Hawkeye hat and rock it for the entire playoff if they do that. There you go. I'll buy it and I'll rock it every episode during the playoff.
0: Putting a lot on the line for it, Trevor. I like it. I will point this out:
2: a lot of people forget that there are two sides to football, offense and defense. And a lot of teams get written off because they're not flashy on offense. But defense wins championships, and that's been proven time and time again. if you can score 20 points but keep the other team, you know, the 10, 7, 6, and your defense is that good, your offense doesn't have to be flashy. And I think just as a nation – judging college football as fans, we've gotten to a point to where we think a team is trash because their offense is not good. And, but that the defense is that good, I mean, it's hard to say a team should be left out because they're not putting up 60 points, but they're also not giving up 35 and 40 either. So if Iowa was to somehow hold a Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State to 13 points and they score 14... How can you leave them out? Because that's a feat in and of itself.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know. It's it's going to be something to see. Uh, yeah, Brian Brian Ferentz is uh, he he's got his work cut out for him. He's getting like 30 passing yards a game with uh, with their current quarterback. Uh, we're going to talk about that one later, though, as we talk about the uh, the drubbing of Wisconsin. Unfortunately, uh, Notre Dame they're another one moving on up. Um, just a little bit more, you know. They they obviously beat the hell out of uh, USC, so they deserve to to get back up up the rankings uh, ladder a little bit. Uh, losers wise, we just mentioned them. USC, get them out, man. They're they're down. The they gone, baby. I mean, Caleb Williams had a horrible first half, the the worst of his his career, it seems. Uh, Notre Dame defense uh, again, great great performance. We're gonna get more into the weeds on, on that game later. But just had to shout that out. USC, they're a loser. Louisville, you're losers. Somehow, I guess I can still see them being in the top twenty-five because they have a good win against Notre Dame. But God, they got handled, man. Uh, UCLA, they you know lost to Oregon State. Uh, tough game from uh, the freshman. And then Washington State absolutely dragged. They got boat-raced by Arizona. And I, this is my core with the top twenty-five. Rank them, you cowards. They deserve to be in the top twenty-five. Arizona does. I don't. That's a whole new team than what they had. The fajita is sizzling, baby.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of the issue with Arizona not squeaking in is just that third loss. But I seen the. I think it was Joel Clapp that made that comment about the best four and three team but at some point you kind of there has to be a line somewhere because then you're going to make the case for well they're the best 4 and 4 team, well they're the best 6 and 6 team and we can't have that not while there's teams like James Madison who is undefeated they they should be in there you know you can't put a 4 and 3 team in over an undefeated team even i know you're big on the strength of schedule and stuff but there's still got to be something for going undefeated. Even if it's a weaker schedule, that's still a tough thing to do week in and week out.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. And that's one that, like in our rankings, I took Louisville completely out just because of how bad they got beat by a not good pit team. Put James Madison in there. but put I think Arizona's a totally revamped team, especially with this new quarterback. Uh, Iowa, they somehow make it in just because of what they're doing on defense and special teams. Tulane, I'm glad they got back in there. Uh UCLA is they're a team, they're they're not bad. They got a good defense, but they should they should probably roll them out. So Oakie Light. Oakey oh State. Oklahoma State. Yes. They they too they've, are revamped I'm- They've turned it around. They've turned it around.
2: Now that they've selected they- a quarterback and stuck with him, he's gotten better week in and week out, and they they've pumped their way up there.
0: Bowman is certainly getting in a groove. Um, so any, anything else on the top 25, you guys want to talk about? Uh, I I think the biggest one is that everybody, when we put out our top 25, everybody's really fixated again, the top 10 people are tripping out, you know, their team's not in the top five, they're blah, blah, blah. These guys are so interchangeable really between, I mean, honestly, you could say between one and, you know, maybe seven, one and maybe eight, depending Uh, I would even say all the way to 10, because some of these
2: one-loss teams, I truly believe if the game were played 10 times, those teams win 9 out of 10. I do think Oregon outplayed Washington majority of the game. I think there was some poor coaching decisions made at very pivotal moments of the game that ultimately cost them that game. And then, two Washington, and I'm not taking anything away from them, because I've said from the beginning of the season they were my pick to win the Pac-12. They were my pick to go to the college football playoff. And Michael Penix winning the Heisman, I've said that since week one. But the way they played against Oregon, to me, it looked like playing NCAA 14. You know, Penix would just back up and just lob it up, and their guys go up and get it in man-to-man coverage. Not, not taking anything away from them. It was just very, very poor Defending on Oregon's part because they were in great position a lot of times to make the defensive play and just didn't do it. Especially like the the play there at the end, the touchdown pass. The guy was in position to make the play defensively. It was just a perfectly placed ball, and the receiver went up and got it. And the play right before that, he snuck it right in between the safety and the corner, and they was in position to make the play defensively and just didn't do it. So I really think Washington has a little more flaws than what I originally thought going into that game. And I do believe that Oregon is a better team on both sides of the ball than Washington, and they're a lot more balanced than Washington as well. Bo Nix really surprised me, and I think he played better in that game than Michael Penix did. But in Texas, same thing. I think they beat Oklahoma 9 out of 10 times. It's, but Oklahoma got the win when it mattered, so all of these teams, one through ten, are interchangeable in my eyes, and I still don't know how good North Carolina is.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you I'll tell you what though, Oregon's defensive line surprised the living crap out of me this game. I could not believe how much pressure Penix was on almost this entire game. And they made him uncomfortable almost from the get go. He had that quick quick touchdown pass, I get it but almost since then from that point on the rest of the game there was somebody in his face probably at least one down every down or one down every four downs i mean like at least one time they got pressure on him and i guess i guess i must have a bad memory on how penix was when he was in at at, at indiana cuz i remember him being more mobile than so- cemented into the three-step drop and staying right where you are instead of moving the pocket. I remember him being able to actually be able to move the pocket. So that surprised me a bit that he has no inclination of stepping up into the pocket at all to buy himself an extra half a second. That surprises me a bit that he wasn't able to do that. And he didn't do it. I watched that entire game. He He did it maybe a handful of times that entire game.
2: What honestly surprised me the most was Washington's defense, especially after Cal, the California game, putting up, what, 32 on them. And, you know, just the past few weeks, their defense had been kind of suspect, giving up points to teams. And they just, I mean, they was all over the place, both teams. I mean, that was a game, that was a war. That was probably the best game of the season that I've seen all year for sure.
0: Yeah, and it, I'll say too, it's tough. You know, these teams, they really haven't played anybody. So, and that's my worry for Georgia and for Michigan. Yes. They're both ranked high. They've, I mean, they're doing what they need to do. Michigan's dominating more than Georgia is, but neither team has really played an offense. That's, you know, going to do something. Georgia did play, you know, Rattler who's been really, really good this year. Um, But again, their offensive line for South Carolina is horrible. You know they can't block so you, you you get into the weeds of it Washington Oregon those are two good teams they I mean you could see it when they played it was just like watching Oklahoma Texas it was like watching Bama and Texas you can tell when good teams are playing uh, so there's gonna be some mistakes there's gonna be some weaknesses shown uh, but man I I'm just I'm glad we got to watch it and then this this weekend we gotta we're, we're gonna shake out more of the top 10 it's gonna it's gonna start weeding its way through. Trevor,
1: what you got, man? Yeah, I was just going to add to this. Is like it, Outside of Georgia, pretty much everyone in the top ten has a hard schedule starting this coming weekend. Um, I, well, okay, Michigan doesn't have a great – I don't consider MSU a hard team to play. However, I've watched a few people, including a f- former Michigan player, saying it really doesn't matter what the records are for when when MSU and Michigan play it is a different type it is probably the i would say the one of the more intense rivalries that doesn't get talked about as far as as far as rivalries go so i think Michigan has a harder schedule going forward i it's still blowing my mind that we only have 5 games left in the season for Michigan's schedule at least it's just blowing my mind a bit in my head. I'm like, how are we already here? This is crazy. But it's it's the schedules are definitely going to start shaking this top ten out so much starting this coming weekend. It's going to be insane.
2: Georgia is actually coming up on their toughest part of their schedule. So they've got Florida next weekend. Then they've got George, uh, Missouri. Then Ole Miss. Then Tennessee. And then they close out with Georgia Tech. So, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Missouri are – those teams are capable of doing it, depending on which Milton you get from Tennessee. But Missouri's capable. Ole Miss is capable. Those are real eye tests for Georgia. And even Florida. Florida's got a, a pretty solid defense, really. I mean, they got gashed on the ground by Kentucky. But, like you said earlier, Brendan, it's so – this year – It's so week to week what team is going to take the field for each team because like I've seen Florida have a stout defense at times this season and then you watch the Kentucky game you're like well where the hell did it go?
0: Yeah, it's it 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 is tough and like I said we're we're gonna shake out a lot of this uh, but again that you could see you could see an end of the season where you got multiple undefeated teams and somebody's gonna get left out so it's going to be a tough, tough one. It's tough making picks this year. I feel like I'm, I'm struggling. I'm in the struggle bus. I don't like picking chalk, you know, everything. Oh, I'll go for the favorite, go for the favorite. Cause I look at some of these and it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like they're going to win. And then I don't know we'll, we'll, we'll talk about our picks here shortly. I, I'm, I'm definitely on the struggle bus, uh, comeback kid, not doing so well. Uh, <laughs> but guys, we're going to go ahead and shift into these games and get talking about that. Uh, uh, again, Washington, Oregon, an absolute battle. Number eight, Oregon, number seven, Washington in Seattle. Great environment there. I I love seeing game day. Uh, you know, it was early morning. It was still dark out. They had the purple lights in the buildings behind it. Beautiful. Uh, you know, I'm a big guy for like color and uniforms and things like that. But either way, (laughs) Yeah, I, I you say what you want to say about me, but I like it. Uh this came down to coaching, right? Coaching and uh time possession a little bit. But th- this was really Dan Lanning. I, I was concerned about his uh his first half, the end of half there. Uh, I know you want to go for the dagger, you know, get that momentum in halftime. Maybe he just knows his kicker sucks. I mean, I, I don't know. He said it was, you know, the the information he had at the time to go forward on that fourth down. I think he should have taken that field goal. Hindsight's twenty twenty, 20 though. Bo Nix and Penix—they both had great games. Uh, I think, and Blake mentioned it. I think, I think Nix actually played better. Uh, Penix still—he threw the dimes when he needed to, though, and they were dimes because it was only in position where where his wide receivers could catch him. Uh biggest thing for me, Oregon again, we knew it, is their rushing attack, and they did. They they got the rushing attack going. And defenses played similar. Uh just great game overall. I I'm glad I'm glad we got to watch that one. Uh at least get some sort of motion in the Pac-12 there.
2: I don't really have much to add to what I said earlier. Just I really disagreed with Dan Lanning's decision before the half. I think he should have taken the field goal because that gives your team momentum going into the half. Knowing you get the ball back in the second half, I just don't understand the decision. I mean, I do get you're on the road. It's time to be aggressive. I mean, I I do get that. But when you're in a game of that caliber with playoff implications, big uh, Pac-12 championship implications, you've got to make the smart decision, which is not always the aggressive decision, and then going for it, Two other times on fourth down you gotta take the points. You've gotta take the points. That's not that's well, six points that was left on the field, you know, but I don't know. I think Oregon outplayed Washington. It's just the the poor coaching decisions there really cost them the game.
1: And just to add on to bring bring back into the fold what Brendan was mentioning about the Oregon running game and how fantastic it was, which it was. I think what caught me a little bit more off guard was the the balance in which the Washington offense was running, where they really did make a conscious attempt at being a balanced team, running on first down, even running on second down before they decided to even throw the ball. And the running backs were getting, getting, uh, getting some decent yardage on it. Um, I just don't think – for me, Washington, I think it could have been a lot worse for oregon's defense if they really started to utilize that play action off of good runs that they were doing i don't think washington utilized enough play action pass and in, in that game to open up even open it up a little bit more for the passing game but that's just the, my a little side thought on mine
0: yeah and uh, another thing we, we've been doing our picks and stuff at the end of the, the game we're, we're going to kind of do a run through on our picks as we go through the games just so uh you guys can maybe have a feel for a a better feel for it. I I picked Oregon. Blake picked Oregon. Trevor picked Washington on this one. So good on you, Trevor. Uh, For me, again, it was Oregon. I thought their ability to run and their defense would lock this down. Uh, I do think if they played again, it would probably go the other way. Same with, like Blake mentioned, the Texas game. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those. They play multiple times. I think Florida State-Clemson, Clemson is right there. And I, I said that earlier in the preseason. I think Florida State beats Clemson in the regular season, and then Clemson beat them in the. I don't know if that's going to happen now because Clemson's got two losses. But either way, these games are so close. It but they beat them when it mattered. So we'll see if they meet. They meet up again in the uh, in the championship games. Uh, next one up, we got Texas A&M and Tennessee. This, this game, I Jimbo, man. That that man's got to be burning up, absolutely burning up. <laughs> I we got friends that are Aggie fans. They're they're fed up. They're they're like we're done with the season, and I don't blame them, man. I, I'd be pissed too. You pay that man that much money. I'm sorry to some of my other Tennessee fans that are friends. You know they should. That's a game Texas a m should have beat. Joe Milton sucks. I'm sorry, he sucks, man. Go Tennessee's run game now. I, I hand them a lot of credit because this Tennessee run game was on fire this week, and that's something that Texas A&M supposed to be really good at. So Texas A&M crap the bed; they're done for. They're cooked. That seasons that seasons out the, out the window, and they're they're done. I got nothing else to say about it.
1: Man, I'll tell you what; I am so over Texas A&M. You have officially pissed me off to no end. <laughs> the one time I bring you off the flipping pine, you just shit the bed against a mediocre, we'll just say it, pedestrian Tennessee team. I'm just, I'm so mad right now that I got an L because I went out on a limb and trusted the Aggies were actually going to play something. <laughs> Freaking a. Jimbo is Dunzo.
2: I've been saying it. All season, I've said it for years, actually, about Jimbo Fisher. He's one of those guys. He just cannot win no matter how talented his teams are. Even going back to Florida State, he had a dream team down there with, uh, was it Kelvin Benjamin and Jameis Winston, and he got it done. But you could tell they struggled a lot even in those days. And since A&M, he's had all the money in the world thrown at him. They've thrown it at every top recruit you can get in the nation, and they just cannot put a product on the field to win big games. He just cannot do it. So, like you said, his ass is on
0: fire right now. Yeah, and I I picked Texas A&M. Trevor picked Texas A&M. Blake, good for you, picking Tennessee. Uh, I was really surprised, again, about the ground game. They had 232 ground yards. Jalen Wright went off uh Milton, though, 11 of 22 for 100 yards that it's just not cutting it man um and then Max Johnson he had a rough outing Tennessee's defense did they pressured that man a lot and I do wonder how their season would turn out you know for Texas A&M if if Wigman didn't get injured but that's how the cards fall man I had I picked Tennessee not because I like them cuz I can't stand Tennessee they're garbage
2: but I had zero faith in Texas A&M and you know i'll never i don't have any reason to pick them they will choke any
0: game away yeah it, it it's sad to say i mean this was their most winnable year i feel like for the west uh the talent they have yeah max johnson's in after the the injury but bama's kind of in a down year off, offensively mainly their defense is still very good uh tennessee again replacing Hendon hooker uh and hide it, you know, out wide, so it, you know, Tennessee's passing game is lacking. Uh it's just one of those, man. I, I thought Texas AM sh after you know the the showing that they had in Miami that maybe they they'd revamp but maybe they get a little bit better. It's just not happening. Uh, so sorry, sorry for my, my Texas A ah, Texas AM fans, the buddies there. What's up?
2: And I will add to the the Texas AM side and I'm not defending it because I'm, I'm not one of those people that say the officiating costs someone a game, but just in general across college football, the officiating, something has got to be done and said about it because the amount of very pivotal calls that are getting missed in very pivotal moments of the game, like two face masks missed on Tennessee – that ended in punts for A&M. Not that their offense would have done anything differently had it been called anyways. But it's just there's getting to be so many more missed calls that are just blatant. And I know that with replay and stuff getting rewound and slow motion and stuff, it's a lot easier for us as fans to see it. And in real time, it's still difficult for officials to see. But some of these calls are right in front of their face, and it's, they're not getting called. And there's, some, there's ones that get called that are super questionable that come in very pivotal moments of the game. And I think officials should be scrutinized by the NCAA just like players and coaches are by the officials because somebody has to hold them accountable.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And uh, another one I watched, I mentioned it, was Oregon State. Uh, I know they still won the game. It wasn't like it, but there was one where uh, he, one of the defensive ends, I believe it was, wrapped up uh, right under the neck of uh, Dante Moore. And they called, I mean, the guy was right there and they called a face mask. And the guy even like got up and he was like, no, I grabbed him on his shoulder and they're they're like, hey, sorry, that's a face mask, you know, or they they didn't even call him a face mask. They said uh, roughing the passer, like hit to the head and neck area. I'm like, dude is across his freaking chest, man. So, I don't know that uh, officiating definitely needs to get figured out because it, it's been really bad this season. Uh, another game that we're going to jump into, uh, we mentioned it, was the Kansas game versus Oklahoma State. Kansas, obviously, they're without their 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 starting quarterback, but. But the Bean, the Bean, man, he's not that bad. You know, he's he's a seasoned quarterback. He's played around. He had a hell of a game, honestly. Yeah, he had two picks, but still. Uh, that That's one. I pick Kansas. Blake, again, going out on limb, picking Oklahoma State. Uh, Trevor picked Kansas. His other dark horse. That's a rough week for you on your dark horses, buddy. I, I just recognize that. <laughs> Dude, uh, I'm so- telling you why.
1: It's just a rough, <laughs> re- rough week altogether. Thank yes. God my Michigan boys won, but.
0: Hey, and the lions, (laughs) baby.
1: All right. And the lions and the lions. Yep. That's right. They they rocking and rolling right now,
0: (laughs) Uh, man. But yeah, it's either way, Kansas, ah, they blew it. Oklahoma Oklahoma state though. Give them all the credit because they've really turned the season around. Uh, Alan, Alan Bowman, again, former Michigan guy, you know, he formerly Texas tech, I believe he went to Michigan and then, you know, there he was just, he was learning. He was getting back into the groove. He'd come in. He, he didn't really do good in, in mop-up duty, but it's hard to get a, into a rhythm there. He's now into a rhythm here. It seems, I mean, he he's just going at it. 336 yards, two touchdowns. Hell of a game from him. Uh, Ollie Gordon he had 218 rushing yards uh, for Oklahoma State. I mean, their defense was eaten too. Boys, what, what you got on this one?
2: After I watched the Oklahoma State-Kansas State game last Thursday, I believe it was, you just had a different feeling on the field from Oklahoma State after that game. It just seemed to all finally come together for them. And, you know, the first, like, four weeks, they was playing different quarterbacks every game, just could not find a guy that could get the team going. And through Bowman, they finally found that, and it's just clicking for them. And after – I think after that Kansas State win, they really got some momentum going, and you could just see the belief on the field. And they was down to Kansas majority of the game. They had to fight in the fourth quarter to take that lead, and they did it. And when they did, that place went wild, and you could just you could see it on the field how the players were responding. They, it was just – it was a good game to watch.
1: I'll tell you what, Oakey State, the last couple of weeks have definitely impressed me. Um not really sure what 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 finally lit a fire underneath him. I highly doubt it was Bowman, but um, he still played great. So, you know, I'm very – I'm just – I'm still juries out for me on Okie State because they proved to me from the beginning of the season that they are inconsistent at best. They were not beating teams they should have beaten, and now they're beating teams they – shouldn't have beaten I don't even understand what's going on nowadays this is just out of control
2: (laughs) sometimes you just have teams that find their identity late in the season and it just finally starts clicking and then they're a team that you don't want to mess with toward the end of the year you know Alabama back in 2015 with Jake Coker was like that first three games were awful. He was he was trash. He got pulled out of the old Miss game. We put in Cooper Bateman. He was even more trash. So we threw Coker back in and after his ass sat on the bench for a quarter, you know, he realized he don't have that spot solidified. He come back out, played lots out the rest of the season, and we had one of our better <clears throat> our better offenses that year and won the national championship. So just because you start a season off poorly does not mean you cannot find your identity later on and you know turn it around and become one of the best teams in college football. Arizona's doing that right now, Oklahoma State's doing that. Not that they're going to win their conference and go to the playoff or anything, but they can still hit you know seven, eight win seasons or even nine or
0: ten win seasons and just turn it around absolutely, and that's that's the beauty of of the college football season as teams change so much through the course. Uh, you know, a lot of development, all those extra practices. It's going to be good to see. And with Oklahoma State moving forward, I'm excited to see what they do. And maybe they spoil some seasons. I don't know. Uh, Bean, I just wanted to touch on Bean again just because I, I like this guy. Uh, just He's got a great name. He's got a great name. He threw for 410 yards and five touchdowns, man. Yeah, he threw for two picks again. But, you know, the dude, he's cooking, man. You know, the the beans are in the pot. He's, they're boiling. Uh, uh, are you guys tired of me doing the, the bean jokes? I, I think not I'm tired all, of it myself. bean
1: outperformed Caleb Williams, so there's that.
0: <laughs> hey, that that's true. Fact. Bean for Heisman. Bean, bean for, for Heisman. Bean for friggin'
1: Heisman. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> start, the, start the flyers. Start the petitioning now. Let's go. <laughs> yeah,
0: I support it. Uh, another team that is not going to have any Heisman uh players on it <laughs> that one's florida and south carolina uh, i i don't care look graham mertz had a hell of a game i know Rattler's been, but they get them they're not in the conversation uh i don't know that was just i was trying to do a segment segue into it don't judge me people uh you you come and talk on this show uh but for real florida south carolina back and forth really i mean it was a good game Uh, I think we said it was a battle of mid, uh, and it was, and when you get two middle tier teams going at it, it's going to be a good game and they're going to look like all stars, you know, uh, so. Bring Grant Graham went out there and he tossed that thing around. He killed it. Uh, South Carolina had one fumble. So that's a game changer. Obviously any turnovers in a tight game, you're going to give that at one extra possession. And what's it come down to? One extra possession, Florida winning at the end. Uh, South Carolina, dope. They did have a run game. I was really surprised at their running game, uh, just because of how bad their offensive line is. Not because Florida is any good at, at stopping the run, as we've seen in the past uh, this season. But Florida or South Carolina, maybe figuring out some offensive line things. I don't know. I wouldn't speak to that because. Florida got
2: gashed by Tennessee. Florida got gashed by Kentucky. They cannot stop the run. So I don't think it's so much that South Carolina's offensive line is finally finding it as much as it is. It's Florida's rush defense is just atrocious.
1: Yeah, Florida's defense has more holes than Swiss cheese. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's the It's the worst. <laughs> it's, uh, the it's probably not the worst in the SEC, but... But yeah there's my there's my old guy pun right there, there you're welcome you're welcome
0: hey, we we appreciate <laughs> it and oh, uh
1: man, but no I like I I mentioned before we started the show is like South Carolina impressed me with the way they played they played full four quarters for the first time all season in my opinion um they just didn't have enough to get past Florida. I think Florida just all in all has just a little bit better athletes all across the board than South Carolina does. South Carolina is probably another year out, year or two out before they're going to be able to start really competing again.
0: Yeah, and I, I was going to mention something about South Carolina too, but I, for some reason it's escaping me. Uh, Oh, Leggett Le- Le had a really good game at, at wide receiver, uh, 110 yards from him, five receptions. So they, they've got talent. Like you said, it's just, you know, they're just a little – they're just missing, you know, that that offensive line, really. I think that's the biggest thing is that, that they need to shore up. Um, next game, guys, we're, we're going to get into this one. The, and we mentioned them earlier. Iowa. Old Iowa. Iowa and Wisconsin, man. That, <laughs> you look at the box score on this and you're just like, what? I mean, but but if you've been watching football, you know that this is just what I what I was doing, man. They're they're squeaking by. They're they're barely making it. Uh, oh yes, that's what I. That's another thing that escaped me. I apologize. Let me backtrack real quick. Scar South Carolina pick. I picked South Carolina. Blake picked South Carolina. Trevor went with Florida. I don't know why we went with South Carolina. Maybe it was because of how bad Florida's defense was, and we thought you know Rattler might do something. I think that was a tough one for me to pick. I can't remember, uh, but obviously lost it, and I I I did horrible on my picks. I'm in like zero and five to start. So, <laughs> literally for what you said, I figured with Florida's defense,
2: yeah. I thought uh, Spencer Rattler would be able to generate some plays, and he did. I mean, they moved the ball, but they just could not stop Florida either. And I, you know, they the last possession won that game. Yeah.
1: And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, uh, Mertz definitely showed his maturity and that he's been doing this for a while in this game, I think, more so than anything. I know Rattler's also experienced, but I just think Mertz just had control of this game from the start, and it it was impressive. He did a really good job, obviously. Florida's defense is, like I said, like I said earlier, he has a bunch of holes, so... That's going going forward I don't have a whole lot of confidence in Florida but they are gonna be still a tough out as Mertz gets more and more confidence going forward and like like Blake said earlier they they do have to face Georgia Georgia's gonna have uh some tougher tests coming up here in the next future I was staying corrected on that one I'm glad that Georgia's gonna be tested a little bit so we can kind of see where they're at too
0: yeah I'll say I before we get back to Iowa uh because I mean they're you know it's Iowa, but Georgia—they do have a tough game, especially Missouri. I think that's one that they have really got to be, you know, careful about. I think Missouri's a damn good team, so you got to watch out for Mizzou. Florida again, jury's still out on them. I feel like Mertz had a hell of a game. This—I mean, 423 yards, three touchdowns. He threw for almost—he almost threw 50 passes. Uh, so if this is what Florida feels like, they can go out and do, then sling it, throw it all over Georgia. Uh, see if you can anyway. Florida is one
2: of those teams that depends on which Florida you get teams. If you get that Kentucky-Florida, Georgia will walk the floor with them. You've got to get that Florida with a confident Mertz at quarterback and a Florida with a pulse on defense. I still think Georgia is a very good team, and I still think they're probably going to win the SEC, but Florida can give Georgia a game. And I'm with you 100%. If there's going to be a team that takes down Georgia, it's going to be either Missouri or Ole Miss, a team that can put up points and, and force Georgia to have to score more than 27, 28 points. They've done it, but it's been against UAB. It's been against like Chattanooga or whoever it was, Kentucky. But they haven't met an offense that can match point for point. So when they face those two teams, that's going to be very crucial for Georgia. And we will find out what kind of team Georgia is in those games. So all the people that are worried about, oh, well, Georgia hasn't played anybody, the next four weeks they play somebody. So we'll find out who Georgia is.
1: And the same statement can be said for Michigan. The next few weeks is going to – ever. All the Big Ten teams that everybody has questions about. Oh, you yeah, haven't really played many people. Well, it starts this coming weekend with Ohio State and Penn State, and boom, we're we're right in it all over again.
0: We will find out who Michigan is on November 11th. Yeah, it, Michigan's schedule is definitely backloaded, uh, rivalry games and everything else. Uh, September, guys. That's for that's for that you know, that's for pretenders. All right. That that's September teams. They're like, oh who, who are we thinking? October, that's for your that's for your growers. You know what I mean? That that's for your growers. November's for your showers, baby. All right. We're 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 gonna see who's showing at that point in time. We got so, Dr. Seuss <laughs> in the house, son. Hey, you know, I just thought of that. I thought it was good. Uh maybe some innuendo in there either way. Go check it out. Uh either way, we're gonna go on into Iowa. Iowa, a team that's not showing much on offense, uh, but boy, they're 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 throwing it on the table on their defense and their uh, <laughs> and on their special teams, man. This I, I again, I just Deacon Hill, six of fourteen for thirty-seven passing yards, and you win a football game like that? That's just I mean, okay. Granted, that that's something that Army would do or Air Force would do. Iowa. I mean, they're running I-form, they're running power you know, power formations. So, I mean, you, if you have a good running attack and offensive line, you can still make that work, and they are because they had 200 ground yards. But it's just shocking to me. And I will say, though, I, I feel bad for Wisconsin here because Mordecai went out with a busted-up hand. Maybe things would have turned out different, but we'll never know. Uh, we all picked
1: Wisconsin. So, you know. You know, I, <laughs> What I'll say to this is that I don't think it's um uh, an applause needed for Ohio or Iowa, the way they played. I think it's more of a complete and utter. Uh, the word is escaping me right now. Dismantling of a Wisconsin team that everyone thought could win, be in the big 10 championship because of their schedule, because of, they are in the other side of, away from Michigan, Ohio State, and everybody, that there's a possibility that they could make it all the way there. Now, I I really think this game is completely on Wisconsin's coaching staff on just not being able to get their team going in the right direction with any sort of consistency whatsoever. I don't give a whole lot of credit to Iowa in this game. I think it was all self-inflicted. Poorly managed game by Wisconsin, in my opinion.
2: I would just say Iowa and Wisconsin was the most boring football game I have ever even attempted to watch in my entire life. I would rather watch stroke victims put puzzles together than watch that game again. The, the lack of offense, it was abysmal. It was, it was horrible. But I did pick Wisconsin – I just thought, you know, hey, you need like eleven points and you can win this game. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. Losing to uh Mordecai, that did probably change it a little bit. But I don't know even with him that they could have moved the football. I was defense, I have to give it credit. It's it's very good. Just that offense. If Ferris would just do something, get some kind of coordinator, even if it's from like a peewee team, something to move the football. They could be a good team in the Big Ten, and he, they have the money, why are they not putting it into their offense? I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, it, it's a strange case in Iowa, and, it, you know, obviously Kirk Ferentz has been there forever. Uh, and then, you know, as Brian Ferentz is the offensive coordinator. They try to incentivize him. Hey, man, just score 25 points a game, you know, average. And he's not doing it. He's at, like, 19 somehow. I, I think there was one outlier game against uh, Western Michigan that bumped that one up. Uh <laughs> So, I don't know, man. I To me, you got to fire that dude, man. Kick, tell him to kick rocks and go get somebody that can actually do something. Uh This whole about the family harder.
1: bullshit needs to stop. Like, yeah. this whole, I'm going to hire my nephew as a coordinator and, you know, Oh, it worked out for Harbaugh hiring his family. Well, that's different. (laughs) That's different. That guy actually knows what he's doing. Apparently, clearly, the Ferentz's Ferentz's people just don't know what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) They're terrible. Terrible. There's a start. I've never liked Ferentz in the way he coached. Ever really? I've never liked the way his philosophy on coaching. I don't like it. He's like trying to be a poor man's Harbaugh with the type of offense they run, but I mean, Harbaugh's offense and the way they run it it's so much more interesting and much more dynamic than anything that, uh, I was trying to do. It's just, they need to make a big change on their whole offensive philosophy.
0: To your, to what you said, I, there's a huge difference between the Ferentz family tree of coaching and the Harbaugh family tree of coaching. All right. I mean, Dan, you got daddy Harbaugh, you got Jim and John, uh, Jay's doing good in coaching. He, I think he's got potential. You know, as he gets older, and I mean he's coached every position on the Michigan staff, just about. So uh, I don't know. I, I was definitely got changes to make, but again, they found a way to win, and that's what matters in, in these games. <clears throat> and now they hold the the keys to the, the Big Ten West, and that's that's a uh, mighty key to hold, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned it earlier, a team that's really coming on. Uh, another another food joke that we can you know kind of use you know his name is Fafita but we call him the Fajita because this or or as Blake calls him the little empanada uh he's a freshman man but he is out here slinging it dude he is he's just killing it he took Washington to the or well actually he didn't get to play Washington did they I'm trying to remember no he didn't he came in against he USC started, right that was his USC. first game yeah. yeah so his first game was USC Imagine if they played him during Washington. I mean, that was a tight game. Could Arizona's that team, if he'd been playing all season, they, they lost to a horrible uh, Mississippi State team in like triple overtime. And yes, Mississippi State sucks. Okay, they are horrible. Uh, they they took Washington to the wire. They took USC to the wire, uh, and that was a, a poor, you know, you know, two point conversion. So they're they're like three or four plays away from being maybe undefeated or six and one I mean it's just it's crazy what Arizona's doing so fafita he's really killing it 342 passing yards you know he he's he's a lifeblood of this team right now they've got a good running attack their team hey man I'm, I can't wait to see what they do and wazoo they can't run they blew it man they they again no help for Cam Ward. that poor guy he's doing everything he can. And he's a hell of an athlete. He gets no help, and that upsets me.
1: He is literally the, <laughs> the South Carolina – what's his name? Rattler. He's, Rattler. A, he's the Rattler of pe- the Pac-12. Super yeah. talented guy, but he has no team around him all of a sudden. Wazoo was playing great. Offensive line was playing great. Defense was playing great. And all of a sudden, shit the bed and nobody's going to help out Cam Ward. I don't understand it. Uh, Arizona, hats off to you. Fajita, keep killing it, dude. Uh, you are fun to watch, man. You are fun to watch. Uh, but uh, Arizona, going back to what Blake said, Arizona is one of those teams this year that you do not want to see them on your schedule at the, late, the latter part of the season. Uh, they are definitely going to be that team going for as long as they keep playing the way they do.
2: Well, luckily, we will find out how good they are because they've got Oregon State coming up. Washington State has got Oregon coming up. So, Washington State's got a lot to figure out really quick. Oregon State, they got a lot. Of, they better start figuring out before a little empanada comes in there. The dude looks like Brucey from The Longest Yard. If you remember that movie with Adam Sandler, he looks like yeah. Brucey. Finally getting his time to shine. Little empanada. Dude, he is. He's like a little midget running around there. I mean, they can't stop him. He's so fast, and he's very quick getting that ball out of his hands. He really reminds me of Tua at Bama. He's very fast with his release, and he, he's he's just a fast little empanada. I don't really have much else to say about him. I, I really like him. I've always liked Arizona just in general. I like their – like you, I like their colors. I like their field. I've just always liked the Arizona – everything about them, the scheme and, like, the color schemes and field and the backdrop back behind them, and it's a nice play. So I like to see them do good. I hate that they obliterated another team that I like, but Washington State, man, I don't really know what to say about them. They just dropped off so bad. Their defense was playing really well at the start of the season, and it's like the last two weeks, something's just, Something just turned with it, and I don't, I don't know what's happened out there. But they need to get it corrected because it's going to be a team that I thought might be two losses may end up being like seven and five, eight and four.
1: I mean, I'll put the question out to you guys: What do you guys think? But I, I do, you, do you think it's just a simple thing of them under appreciating what the other team was bringing in? and maybe looking ahead? Because like you said, Wazoo's got a pretty big game coming up this weekend, and it's a possibility that they just looked past them and got caught.
2: Normally I would say that's the case, but also the way they played last week, I think they've got some other issue going on. Either they weren't as good as we thought, or I really don't know. I don't know how they played so well against uh, was it Oregon State. They beat Oregon State. They, they beat down uh, Colorado State that took Colorado to the wire. And I watched both of those games, and Cam Ward was just playing lights out. The offensive line was playing great. Receivers making pretty gnarly catches, too. Defense was playing really well. And then it's like they get to UCLA, and they just fall apart, and it carried over into this week. They just fall apart. So I don't know if it's looking forward or they're just not as good as we originally thought. Or they're just regressing. I really don't know. It's hard to say because there's so many problems I've seen the last two weeks out of them. I can't really pinpoint where it's coming from.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I, but when I look at it, it's their running attack has, has not been good. Um, and, and, again, it, it's the same thing we said with Kentucky. If you're one-dimensional, teams are going to – They're going to clamp down on you, and they're going to go straight for that freaking neck. That's why Kentucky got eviscerated by Georgia because they suck at passing the football. Now he didn't do horrible, uh, you know, last night, uh, you know, against Missouri, but still, he's not making the passes. So, same with with Washington State. If you can't run the ball, they're going to key in. They're going to go coverage. They're, they're not even really going to worry about your rushing attack. So I, it's tough It's tough to say, but it could just be looking ahead. I, I mean, I really don't know. Uh, UCLA, is a, uh, I think they have a really good defense. So, I mean, I could see them maybe losing that one. Arizona, I just don't think they were ready for it. Maybe they thought the USC game was a one-off. You know, like, hey, it just it happens sometimes. Well, newsflash, the Fahid is here to stay, baby. All right. All uh, right. So yeah, I, I'm I, I you know I gotta give myself props here. I did pick Arizona because I trusted him before you guys did. So you know I, I gotta I gotta say that uh, the boy it the other boys picked Wazoo on this one.
2: It wasn't that I didn't trust him. One, I didn't know that he would play. But two, I really thought Washington State would rebound after the way they played last weekend. I, I mm-hmm. didn't think it would be like that. I really thought they would rebound. And you know, set the record straight, we're not a bad team, but maybe they just are a bad team. And like when I do when I say Cam Ward is not getting help, that is part of the aspect I'm referring to that they don't have a good rushing attack. And I've said that about multiple teams this year and we all have. When you get when you turn to a one dimensional team, that's it. With the way defenses are now Every team has star players on on their team. You can't be a one-dimensional team and get by a full season. I mean, you're seeing teams like LSU. They've lost two being one-dimensional. They're they're a second-half season team, it looks like. They've really turned it on the second half of the season. But these teams like Kentucky, South Carolina, Tennessee, they're one-dimensional. They've only got a rushing attack. And A&M really did kind of expose that or tried to in the beginning. They was getting a lot of pressure on Milton and just forcing Tennessee to run the football. Unfortunately, they was able to run the football, and that that really beat Texas A&M down. But that's what you're seeing out of all these teams that are one-dimensional. It's not going to work out forever, and it just caught up with Washington State.
1: I just – Add one more thing it's about Washington State, and I'm gonna get off my little soapbox with them. Cam Ward's a great quarterback. I think he's gonna be a really great quarterback to the next level for somebody. Maybe a wide receiver because he just has that. He has that length to him a bit, so I could see him going both ways. But that I digress. With that, um, Wazoo's, uh, yeah, something's going on with them. I don't understand it. Um, at this point in time, I think. I'm going to go on a limb and say that them beating Oregon state, I think was more of a fluke than the, uh, something that we should have expected from them week to week. I just don't think that they're that dominant. And it's one of those things where I think I'm off that Wazoo bandwagon. I'm back on the Beavs bandwagon.
0: Yeah. I, I think I, I can, I can definitely agree with that Oregon state. They're still a really good team. They're, they're very balanced and, uh, I mean, uh, DJU's been playing really good late, lately, too. So, yeah, maybe maybe Wazoo's just, you know, it just happened. You know, just won those fluke games, and uh, maybe we felt a certain way about him after Wisconsin, and now we see how Wisconsin is, too. So, uh, it, it's just Pac-12 feels weird, man. They're going to cannibalize themselves. I still feel that. Uh, moving on into the, uh, the Auburn-LSU game. This is one, I, I said it on, I was like, listen, <laughs> if Peyton Thorne goes and beats LSU, I will personally eat a shoe. Listen, I was never going to eat a shoe because it's not going to happen. That's why I was so confident in saying that. Peyton Thorne, we knew him from Michigan State. I'm sorry, man. You're, not, if, you're if you're not good at Michigan State, you're probably not going to be good playing against the SEC, too. It's just not going to happen. So, I... I mean, he, he had a horrible week, a horrible week. Uh, LSU came out. They smoked him. Uh, Jaden Daniels, again, killing it. He's doing his thing. He did throw a pick, but he's still, he's out throwing another 325-yard game. Peyton throwing on the other hand, 12-23 of for 102 yards. It's not going to cut it, man, even against uh, this LSU defense that we've seen be porous. Uh, so, I don't know. LSU, they ate him up on the ground, too maybe they're working on their run game they're they're trying to get some some help for Jaden Daniels they had 238 ground yards and uh Jaden Daniels I mean how he had 93 himself so uh LSU they're back on I I still I still think they have a chance to to win the the west
1: uh I think you know it was an unexpected outcome for me um, there's really not much to say about this other than I think that LSU played a great game I think Jaden Daniels is solidifying himself as a very good quarterback in the SEC, maybe uh, the top quarterback in the SEC as it stands right now. I think it's between him and Dart for me as far as the top quarterbacks go. But – oh, sorry. No, I take that back. Missouri's quarterback. I really like him too. So it's those three for me in the top for the SEC. So I correct myself, but there are three that are kind of neck and neck for top quarterbacks for the SEC. So I was really happy to see LSU get the win for this one because I needed needed the win really badly. (laughs) Um, And uh, so, yeah. Um, Yeah, it was a good game all around. I really was happy with the way LSU performed. Look, Auburn sucks,
0: all right? <laughs> thank you for that great input like I love it uh he was he was foaming at the mouth to get that one out i I had no idea what was coming and profound statement honestly truthful we love you for it all of us picked LSU by the way uh you know I if you if you didn't I'm sorry you got you got some problems guy told me he bet money on on auburn winning it and and he came back today and I you know I Pulled up the receipts and he said he lost that money. Obviously, so uh, sorry, buddy. Uh, you know, maybe take our uh, our betting advice next time. Uh, picked LSU. Uh, you know, one of my three games that I won this week. Uh, no more else on Auburn. I, I got nothing else to say about them. Sorry, guys. A better game: Wyoming and Air Force. Two Group of Five teams that are vying for position. You got to respect both teams, man. And it was a game that came down to the wire. Air Force got the win. I mean, it was huge for Air Force. They they're in prime position to get a New Year's Six bowl. They just got to keep winning out. Uh they killed them, man, on on the ground, 356 yards for for Air Force. Good game for them.
1: I, bowed I to the actually... Masters. That that was uh that was an impressive display of running. Uh and I'm very disappointed that the Cowboys didn't give me one more win before I hopped off that bandwagon. But, well, I'm off it now. I'm off. I'm off. The, I'm off the Cowboy bandwagon. <laughs> Air Force definitely showed out. impressive impressive running game by them for sure.
2: I didn't get to watch the game, but I seen the rushing stats for Air Force. Unreal. I uh, I did pick them. But that was a toss-up game for me because I have watched Wyoming this year, and they're not a bad football team. So Air Force, I do believe, has to be a good team. So there's got to be validity behind their undefeated season because I do believe Wyoming is a solid football team. So if Air Force was able to do what they did
0: and come out on top, and you know, they're valid. Yeah, and uh, Trevor and I both picked Wyoming. Blake picked Air Force on this one. Uh, other things on on Air Force is I mentioned it in the previews, but Larry or their their quarterback, he's still able to keep that efficient passing, uh, even if it's six of nine. You know, it's still enough to keep the defense honest or surprise the team, and that's that's huge when when you're when you're triple option. You see that all the time. Triple option quarterbacks can't throw the dang football or there's no faith in, the, in their team to th- uh, you know, that they have in the quarterback. So Air Force obviously has that. I wouldn't want to play them right now. I don't think many teams would want to. Just because it's so tough to prep for a triple option team, that can throw as well. So that, that'd be that be a tough game. I, I'm curious to see if they keep winning out and they go to the New Year's Six, who might get them and, hell, who might lose to them? Uh, no, we kind of mentioned this one earlier. Uh, USC... Number 21 Notre Dame, USC was number 10. They're probably, you know, they're, they're probably one of those teams that we've just overrated the whole year. Uh, I say we as a collective for college football. And talking about USC, we know their defense has been bad. Their offense, Caleb Williams, obviously he was a Heisman winner last year. He's He's – Done many great throws and beautiful plays, but this week, I mean, he just came out and just laid an egg in that first half, man. Three picks. It was ugly, and uh, I know you guys can talk on this one more uh, because I was at my kid's game and came in a little bit later. Uh, But, man, that, that Notre Dame defense, what about it, guys?
2: Yeah, phenomenal showing. I was so happy to see Kayla Williams' failure. I'm sorry, I don't like the guy. He's just got a poor attitude. I think he's a cocky son of a gun. And I like to see people like that lose football games. So I could not be happier to cheer for the Catholic Leprechauns. But aside from the game, I just want to point out one good shot that Caleb Williams had was he socked a Notre Dame fan on the field, punched him right in the goozle. It was a good shot. That was his best throw of the night. Because aside from that, it was three picks, two fumbles, never a chance in that game.
1: Look, I may not be a big the biggest fan of Sam Hartman, but if you give that man a short field, he is going to destroy you. If you give him just a half a field to, to travel, he, are, he proved it. He's proven it. He proved it back at Wake Forest. He doesn't, need, he doesn't need a ton of time. He'll find somebody. He had a couple of deep throws. I was really happy to see them start to like really open up the playbook for him this game, which was good, which was very surprising. I really didn't think that Notre Dame was going to do it. It kind of went into my decision on why I didn't pick Notre Dame in this one, is that I didn't think the coaching staff had it in them to be aggressive enough to go after USC. But I was I, I stand corrected. Uh, they they had a great game plan for Kayla Williams and USC. Um, but on on the flip side note, Kayla Williams was you know he played terrible. I thought the running back for USC played great. I thought he had a really good game. Um, he was pretty solid all game long, given Kayla Williams outlets all game long. Um, and uh. And Notre Dame's running game definitely uh, was was a big help for Sam Hartman. And I'm gonna say it: Sam Hartman is a very very good quarterback. He did he did a very good job this game, and he uh, he deserves the accolades um, for for this game. I will not say the same thing for the next quarterback I will be talking about, but. <clears throat> That's that's just – we next one, next one over, and we'll talk about that. But uh, uh, as far as this game goes, though, uh, Notre Dame start to finish. They were ready to play. USC wasn't. That's pretty much my expert analysis on that one.
2: <laughs> I will say, too, <clears throat> I have seen also – and Brendan said it this morning in our chat about Notre Dame not putting up a lot of yards. I just wanted to throw out they did start – three drives, two drives within the 10-yard line, and one, I think, was on like the 26 or the 23-yard line. So they had three short fields that resulted, I think, in 17 points. And the reason I ended up ultimately picking Notre Dame, I was not going to at first because after that Louisville game, I did not trust their defense. But I got to thinking, they had played what most people would consider a tough stretch of football. And I think Louisville, I think that was just a fluke game for Notre Dame because the way they played against Ohio State, I've seen what their secondary is capable of at handling primetime receivers, and their, their pass rush was what I thought would really affect Caleb Williams, and it did. Their pass rush played just like they did against Ohio State, and exactly what I figured would happen if they was able to produce a defense like that on the field happened. And USC got exposed. Their defense got exposed. Caleb Williams got exposed. Lincoln Raleigh taking the word out of Trevor's dictionary. Pedestrian.
0: Hey man, it's another one. Uh, yeah, Trevor and I both picked USC. And uh, bringing that in, their, their defense. Alex Grinch. That dude's got to get. He's got to get canned soon, right? Oh, maybe keep him around. I'd like to see him in the Big Ten. That'd be that'd be fantastic for their first year in the Big Ten. Please keep him around USC. Uh, but no, I I knew that their defense was going to get you know scored on. I just, I mean, anybody that watched football knew that that was going to happen. Uh, but I, I really expected their offense to do a little bit more. Uh, but but yeah, Notre Dame, you got to give them all the credit. And when USC started coming back towards the end of the game. Uh, Notre Dame had a kick return. So, I mean, it, it just it, – it kicks – it kills all momentum. Uh, Trevor mentioned this one. Uh, we're we're going to lead into the next game. Trevor's got – he is a hater, baby. He is this man. No, no remorse for what how he feels about Drake May and uh, old North Carolina – Go ahead, Trevor. You, you, you roll with this you one, what, buddy.
1: This dude is the definition of pedestrian quarterbacks. <laughs> Literally. And let me clarify something real quick. And I know to some people that are wondering out there, I'm sorry if my voice is a little annoying tonight. Uh, I'm a little under the weather and a little raspy on the voice. Um, but I mean, I talk a lot. So this is what it is. It's a hazard I have to deal with. But when I say pedestrian – It does not necessarily mean that I think they're a bad quarterback. I just don't think that they deserve the hype that they have been getting. And Drake may has been getting a ton. I mean, he had this great game against Syracuse. Woo. All of a sudden, he's back in the Heisman race. Like, what? Are you serious? It makes no sense whatsoever. In this game, seriously, I'm sorry, y'all folks. But if anyone wants to sit there and say that he had a great game, he did not. 17 for 33 is not a good game. I don't care who you are, that's not a good game. Four touchdowns, congratulations. You couldn't average more than 10 yards a pass? That's not good. You are a pedestrian average quarterback in the NCAA football realm. (laughs) <laughs> that being said, Tez Walker on the other hand, I am so glad to see you on the ball field my friend. Seriously, it was really good to watch you play. I'm glad you had a game. Um a game of games and definitely showing out why why they've been wanting you to play for so this whole season. Um but that that's my analysis on Drake May and I know at least one of my two counterparts disagrees with me. But that's my thought process. I do not think he's a bad quarterback. Let me just reiterate this. I do not think he's a bad quarterback. I just don't think that he is everything everyone seems to think he is. I think he's gotten overhyped, mainly probably because of the program he plays for, plus the coach that he's playing for has got that hype train going a little too far. But that's that's just me. Um, All in all, it was a good win. I don't think it was a very um, four-quarter performance. I didn't think UNC played the best they could play, but they definitely played, you know, obviously good enough to beat Miami. And I thought Miami left a few points on the table in this game that they should have probably taken taken advantage of and that they didn't. So I feel like that Miami kind of gave it to them in a way. But on the flip side of that coin, I thought Van Dyke played a really good game as well. Um, I thought he he really handled the the spotlight in this game, and uh, it was not for lack of Miami not trying. I just don't think that they they just didn't they don't match up well on defense against uh, North Carolina's wide receivers.
2: I don't disagree with you about Drake May. I'm just not as hard on him as you are. I think he is a good quarterback. I don't think he's a Heisman quarterback. I don't think he is a first-round NFL draft quarterback like a lot of people do. But he did have a solid game. And Tez Walker going six receptions, 132 yards, three touchdowns. Come on. That man needed to be on the field the rest of the season. And Drake May might look a little better if he was out there. But aside from that, they had a good running game going. Uh, Mario and Hampton, 197 yards, average eight and a half, uh, one touchdown, on 24 carries. But... I agree, man. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, he had the better performance of the game aside from the two picks. Uh, The pass he hit on the little wheel route right before the half, absolutely beautiful. I don't know if y'all saw it, but if you didn't, you need to go watch it. I had to watch it like eight or nine times. I cried on like the seventh time, watched it again, and then, you know, just kept going with the game. But, yeah, Miami definitely left some points on the field. The turnovers were an issue for them. North Carolina's got a solid defense at times, but then looks a little suspect at times, giving up big plays. But I do think Miami's a good football team. They lost to Georgia Tech. I think we got money involved in that game. I don't know. I don't know how you make that decision as a coach. Not to bring up old woes, but, I mean, my God, I can't let it go. But you take that away, Miami's undefeated. They're a good football team. They've beaten good football teams this year. So they're a capable program. Just got to get it figured out. The whole Georgia Tech situation, I don't even know what to say about it. So I just kind of delete that from Miami and holding that against them and saying that they're not a good team because of that. Because that was a coaching decision, not so much the way the team played.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I I think Miami is a good team. And Van Dykes, I think, I mean, he's uh, probably going to be one of the better passers in Miami history uh, when you when it boils down to it, so, I mean, which is kind of surprising to me. But, uh, I mean, he, he's a gamer, and he was getting pressured. He was getting hit left and right. I mean, this dude is slow to get up multiple times. Uh, I, I credit uh, North Carolina for what they said in the offseason. They did want to come in, and they wanted to blitz more. They've shown that. They wanted to run harder and run more. They did. They had 270 uh, – excuse me, 235 yards on the ground this game. And, uh, you know, that that's just one of those things. They said it. They're doing it. Amari uh, on Hampton, I mean, that dude, 24 carries for almost 200 yards and a touchdown. So, I, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm, my confidence is growing in this North Carolina team because they're starting to show me more uh, from, you know, what they said in the offseason, and they're oh doing God. it. Drake May – you're right. When you look 17 of 33, it's not pretty. Uh, I'll credit the Miami defense a bit because they, they were doing good on coverage. Uh, but I will say Tez Walker being in there is helping the other wide receivers get open. It's creating more uh, lanes for him to pass into Drake may. And I mean, he did have four touchdown passes. They were all, they were good balls. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's got to get more accurate at on, on, some of these passes so they're not, you know, being deflected or, or you know, because I think they had three or four uh, passes defended, um, talking about Miami. So it's just, it's one of those things. I, I still, I do like Drake May. I think he's got a lot of potential, especially with good receivers around him because uh, these other guys, two receptions, two receptions, two, two receptions for to a running back, which is good. You got to have a dump down. Uh, but Tez Walker, six receptions for 132, like we've covered it. He's a huge part of this offense and it opens up a new lane for them. And I think that's going to show Drake may, uh, you know, getting, getting better unlike he did in the, the first half of this, this season. Cause I think he was just trying to find somebody to get some sort of cohesion with some sort of, you know, something. I, I don't know. I, I still like the guy a lot. I do, but I, I do agree. I, I don't know if he's, you know, going to be a first round draft pick. I mean, I, everybody talks like it is, but I don't know, man. It remains to be seen, but I, I do like the guy and I think he's getting better, especially with, uh, you know, Tez Walker being there and helping out the rest of the, the crew opening up lanes and, and passing routes for him. Uh, last game, oh, I, did, I guess we need to cover, uh, who we picked here. Uh, let's see. Trevor's the only one that picked Miami. Blake and I both had uh, UNC on this one and the spread was only three in favor of UNC. It's a a lot of these games were tight with, with spreads. So it it was a tough week, man. It, I think that that game also could have gone either way. They did have four turnovers. So like Blake said, you leave points on the field. Trevor said it, you leave points on the field, man. You cannot turn the ball over in these tight games. Uh, so that was it on our picks. We're going to cover obviously the UCLA, Oregon state game. It was a top 25 game. Uh, it, it, it was just one of those, man. Uh, DJU had it. He he was he threw a couple of darts out there, man. He was looking comfortable. He's looking he's looking good. I know Clemson's got to be wondering, like, man, what what could have been, but I think this is just a better system for him. Uh, Trevor, I know this is a quarterback that you really like. Uh, th- th- this is a game that he's he's showing what he can do, and I, I yeah, can't wait uh, to see what he does.
1: Excuse me. Um. With DJU, I just think that they're just tip of the iceberg right now with him. I think that he's gaining more and more confidence, and I think as long as he keeps getting uh, a decent protection package with him and the offensive line, I think he's going to he's going to he's going to turn out to be a really good quarterback for these guys, and I think that he's going to take them right down, right down. I don't know, my dark horse is dead in the water <laughs> uh, for Pac twelve. I mean, it was a long shot and a half, but um. But, I mean, I can see Oregon State for sure uh, being in that Pac-12 uh, championship potentially, um, especially with everybody else beating up on each other.
2: Now, Oregon State, they are probably one of, if not the most balanced team in college football. They have a, they're have they great on both sides of the ball. Their defense is solid. Good rushing attack, good passing attack. Uh, DJU is definitely – in a much better place here than he was with Clemson. And that just speaks to Clemson as going downhill when they are unable to develop Ugulele into what he is at Oregon State. So I got nothing but respect for the Beavers. And, I mean, I would not be shocked if they ended up winning the Pac-12. Would not shock me in the slightest.
1: Yeah, like you all said, though, I mean, the Pac-12 is just eating each other up. Like, I'll be surprised. I know it's going to sound crazy, but I'm going to be really surprised if there is a Pac-12 team in the playoff at the rate they're going as far as as beating each other up.
2: I'll be surprised if one of them is undefeated. I'll be surprised if someone comes out of the Pac-12 undefeated.
1: I definitely agree with that as well.
0: Yeah, and that, that was something that I had in the notes in the preseason conversation was they're going to eat themselves alive, and, and I don't know if they're going to make the playoff just because there's only four slots. Somebody's got to get left out, and they're, they're killing each other. And, I mean, Washington's, you know, they've had, some, they've had a close game at Arizona. They, you know, they got through Oregon. Oregon's got tough games still ahead. And uh, I did. I, I said Oregon would be or Oregon State would be the dark horse for the Pac-12 for me uh, UCLA pretender, uh, UCLA is doing pretty solid. Uh, but I just, I don't know what they got, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens with the rest of pac 12, but, uh, Oregon state they're on one and I I like them a lot. Yeah. So either way, we, we went through our picks and, uh, you know, you guys, you guys heard it from us, uh, you know, as we went along final tally on it, though, I went three and seven, Trevor went three and seven, Blake went six and four. Uh, our totals on, on the week or, you know, at the end of week seven here, I'm 29 and 32 brutal Trevor is 34 and 27, Blake, very good. So far 37 and 24, uh, we're going to talk about our gridlocks real quick too, because that's something that we have kind of, uh, adjusted on the fly just to do something a little different. And, uh, this week, uh, we're, we're adding point system, kind of like an NHL type thing, uh, you know, so we're doing if you're when we do the gridlock picks, it's five point favorites and less. OK, so if you're getting a, if you're looking for somebody to pick, you need to go and pick somebody that hey, they're their five point favorite or few or fewer. You know, they're an underdog. So we did. It. If you're in the three point five to five point favorite uh, range, you get one point if you select that and you and you win. If you're in the even to 3.0, you get two points. Uh, if you're an underdog, if you're a, a one-point dog to a four-and-a-half-point dog, you get three points for that win. And then anything over five-point dog, like your, your big underdog, you get four points for the win. So Blake's killing it right now. He's got 12 points. Trevor's got seven points. I've got seven points. And we're all collectively, uh, we're all three and four on the season on our gridlocks. So uh, that's something we're hoping uh, you guys enjoy and maybe follow along with us and, you know, we'll tally up your points, let us know on the show. Uh, another segment that we're going to finish off in, uh, unless Blake, you got something? I
2: was just going to say uh, we're also going to start giving a shout-out to a viewer that goes onto our social media and does our pick with us. We're gonna start posting our pickums, and in the comments on either Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, just go in the comment section, make your picks with us, and whatever fan,
0: viewer, listener, whatever has the best record of that weekend, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Yeah, great point. Uh, so comment on Twitter or Facebook, you know, let us know, and we'll we'll shout you out. Uh, Final segment that we do on, uh, on these Sunday night shows and, you know, when we pump them out is uh, the kicking it up a notch. Hashtag it. You know, make sure you do. We, we put out a graphic. Uh, but it, it's our player of the week and our team of the week. And, uh, guys, this week we, we had to go with Michael Penix. Uh, obviously, 302 yards passing, four touchdowns. The one interception he had was not his fault. The court, the run wide receiver slipped Uh, that you can't, I mean, you can't do anything about that, but man, he, he made the big plays when his team needed him the most. I think that's where we, we put him in because he threw the back shoulder passes perfectly when they needed it. He led the team to that victory. And that's a tough, that's a tough team to play that Oregon team. So that's what we went with, with uh, with our player of the week, kicking it up a notch, player of the week. And then our kicking it up a notch team, we're going with two of them. Uh, you know, we, we run the show so we can do that. You know, we change the rules when we want to. That's just how it works. Uh, team, first one, Stanford. Simply because that is a hell of a comeback. It's impressive. I know it's a blunder on Colorado. I don't care. that Stanford, you won that game. Came back, beat the hell out of them. Love to see it, but the big one, Notre Dame. That defense was a story. Obviously, the offense still did really well. You know, with the the short fields, and they punched it in because they could have been stopped. You know, they could have they could have get kick field goals. No, they scored the touchdowns. The defense, multiple turnovers, locked it down. Beautiful game from Notre Dame, uh, and we'll see what they do the rest of the season. I I don't think they're playoff contenders anymore just because they got the two losses, but. I mean, they can they can still make a run for New Year's Six and, hell, who knows, chaos. Maybe they do sneak in. I have no idea. But team of the week for sure, that defense, impressive. We love to see good defense. More teams need to lean on it. Uh, gentlemen, any final thoughts on the week? Uh, we, we got weeks, week eight coming up, and I, I will give a quick rundown on the games coming up during the week. Blake, go ahead.
2: We're just going to talk very briefly about the Alabama-Arkansas game and my thoughts on where our team is headed. So I've come to the conclusion that we have several problems with Alabama. Offensive line, Caden Proctor, got to do something with that man. He is getting eaten alive on the outside. Every game he's given up four to five sacks. He's getting beat. So bad, so bad and so often to the outside, he cannot contain anybody. Uh, here's my issue: we're not running the football effectively because of our offensive line. We are having success at the same time. Here's some stats from the Arkansas game: Jason McClellan, 83 yards, five and a half car, uh, average; Roydell Williams, 68 yards, nine and a half average; Jam Miller. 40 yards, 10 yards per carry average. Justice Haynes, five and a half yards per carry. We're getting solid runs, but going away from the running game in the most pivotal of moments throughout the game. And largely because of the return of, oh, no eyes. He's back. He come out in the first quarter, second quarter, was picking them apart. I even got on Facebook and made a post, wow, I'm impressed with Jalen Milrow. I had to delete the shit because old Noah's come back. I mean, dude, what? it's like he went to, at halftime to take a nap with one of those little, you know, sunblocks. He come back out in the third quarter. He's overthrowing everybody by 10, 15 yards. He's playing Madden with the TV off again. The dude, I have no confidence in the guy. You give him an inch, he takes a mile. He sucks. I I want to like the guy. I've done everything I can to give him credit and say he's good, but he's just not. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Hey,
0: and one thing I, I want to make sure, viewers, because uh, I know we got a lot of SEC fans, and obviously, like our my family side of it's you know, Michigan fans, Trevor, you know, Michigan fan. Uh, so we will cover. We will have at the very end of the show if their teams or their games have not been covered during our top ten games or whatever. We'll do a brief rundown of the Bama and the Michigan games at the end of each show uh, just for, you know, for fans that, that love those teams. Trevor, you want to talk about Michigan at all real quick?
1: I mean, there's really not much to say about Michigan. They are, in my opinion and in many other opinions, the best overall team in the country right now. They have left no doubt. The only criticism I have for Michigan at this point in time is that. I don't like how they start so slow. They start too slow and allow – if they start this slow against Penn State and Ohio State and even Maryland, who are all fairly fast teams, I think it could be a problem. But I don't – I don't know if that's just a product of their competition. Is that maybe not taking them as seriously as they should? Or it's just, just the way that they work? And that they're more of a closer than they are that first half team, which is fine. Um, JJ McCarthy has played lights out. He's better than Drake May. Um, he's better than most quarterbacks. He's certainly better than. Uh, he's 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 in my opinion he is in the high, in Heisman talk right now. I know his stats are not there, technically speaking, but that 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 young man makes this offense go he's got the confidence he's got the right mentality and he knows how to look for more than just one receiver downfield um but i'll now that that being said i also want to point out one little thing that i wanted to touch on real quick michael Penix jr will win the heisman if they continue the way they go michael Penix jr is the best pure passer in college football right now. That dude could hit a dime from 60 yards. I watched that dude drop so many passes into the into the lap of his receivers. It is uh it was mind boggling to me how accurate he was. I haven't seen a quarterback like that in a really long time. How accurate he was under pressure and some in some cases, so just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I think he's uh, the quarterback to beat for the Heisman.
2: Do you think JJ McCarthy is better than Jordan Travis? Uh,
0: <clears throat> I'm trying to think, man. I, I don't know. Jordan Travis is he's a gamer. I, I like him a lot. I do. I do like JJ, man. He he's a very good quarterback, and his QBR shows it. Uh, yeah, he had three. It's like he has these games like he did against TCU where he threw two bad picks, the Bowling Green game. He tried to be like superhero and and force it into tight, super, super tight windows. And he can do it most of the time, but you got to be careful. So he's toned it back. He's, he's doing what he needs to do. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if he's better than Jordan Travis. Uh, I kind of want to say yes, but that I might be biased. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, they're my team. I support them, but Objectively, I don't know if I can make that comparison right now. Uh, I I like what he does with J.J., what he does with his legs. I like what he does. You know, he's got a very tight spiral. Uh, He's got a rocket for an arm, honestly. I mean, he can lay these things in. So, I don't know. I kind of lean yes. I guess we will see what Lord Waldrop has to say about that. Yeah. (laughs) Baiting me in there, baby. Hey, all I'm going to say to that –
1: all I'm gonna all I'm gonna say is that JJ is better than Jordan Travis. Pretty much anybody that comes out of FSU's program, <laughs> he'll be better than. Like I, I swear, Jordan Travis, I don't think deserves to be deserves to be in the same conversation as JJ. I don't I don't think he has that kind of command of his offense. I don't think he has the respect of his entire team like JJ does. I don't think he has the character that JJ has. I all, uh, all together, all together, real talk, J.J.'s just an overall better. <laughs> God dang it. <man. laughs> no, well, hey. I, I'm, I'm really am joking a little bit. But uh, just... but no, J.J., <clears> throat> my throat> only argument between Jordan Travers and J.J. is J.J. has less talent and is doing more with it than Jordan and Travers has probably one of the best wide receivers in the country, and they still aren't winning.
2: But what about strength of schedule?
1: Hey. Like I said, I don't judge. I'm not – strength of schedule is not indicative to me. It is a secondary. It's a tertiary factor as far as I'm concerned. I test tells me everything, and what tells me is FSU is not a playoff team.
2: Y'all are dropping in the athletic facility of the Florida state softball room right now. Absolutely <laughs> dropping.
0: Tallahassee. If you hear this, you're, I mean, they, they're going to be triggered, man. They're going to be, they're going to be coming after you, Trevor. And I, I'm here for it. I, I want to see the interactions. Uh, I know Jared's, Jared's gonna levy gonna the entire weight
2: of that fucking team. <laughs> Jared is about to go scorched earth on this
0: man, Trevor. Watch out, bro! On X, I will say, guys, if you don't know, Jared's uh, one of our one of our favorite followers on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. He's on there all the time. He's giving us hell, and we give it right back to him. We we appreciate the contact, the interactions, and all you know, just all of it. Everybody, we Barbara, obviously. We appreciate you um and just everybody Thank man you, Trevor Trevor, you got any final comments there I, I know you look like you're you're biting at uh, the nail. Jared
1: there. go easy on me man I'm it's not my best week it's not my best week <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> under the weather so my 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 punching gloves I'm not quite ready yet but no real talk though like I I stand by everything I say um <laughs> <laughs> So, I love it, man. But hey, I mean, I'm all in. Son,
0: he's like, you know, what? it's been a rough week. It's been, but no, I'm serious. Like you, you guys suck. So, <laughs> either way, guys, we're gonna wrap it up tonight. We appreciate everybody. Again, uh, you know, hit us up on all the social media uh, platforms. Uh, if you got something you guys want to hear, if you want, you know, something that you got from us in the show that you want us to do, please let us know. We're, you know, we try to adapt and and change things and make the, the show obviously more enjoyable for the viewer or the listener. And, uh, you know, obviously as we get, you know, bigger and grow, we're going to try to get YouTube and all these other things. So just let us know your feedback and, you know, we'd be happy to, to take any advice. So Trevor, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I just wanted to remind everybody that if you do want to uh, interact with us via your Spotify app, if you listen to us on Spotify, There is a section where you can uh, reach out to us there to make a comment about the episode. Uh, Tell us who your gridlock is through there. We'll write it down and we'll make a note of it. Um, uh, You can reach out to us through that as well. Um, We're working on a few things for Spotify to maybe start doing polls every week. Um, But that's coming down the pipe a a little bit later on in the season.
0: And yeah we'll, we'll we're gonna you know make some adjustments there and then also maybe some uh, some other things down the line so just keep keep listening and uh, keep supporting us we appreciate it and we just do this out of love of football and we're glad that you guys love it too love it enough to listen so thanks again y'all take care have a good night